Welcome to the latest Nicholas City soundtrack podcast. I am Mark. I'm Chris. And we are here with who are we here with? Uh, I'm Forbes Graham. How you doing, man? Doing all right. Yo, have you ever been to Buffalo? Uh yes. Yes. Um I think around 2006-ish or so, 2005, 2006, with K.O. Dot. Not when I knew you, not when we met back in the day. No, not back then. Yeah, yeah. yeah. What was K.O. Dot again? Kind of like a metal band with other stuff. Yeah. Uh, sort of like a, a vanguard progressive, um, not quite death metal, but mm-hmm. pretty heavy, though. Things still around. Yeah, do you remember where 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 it was? The show was. Uh no. Um, no, it was night. It was a nice place, but you know, I mean, not a lot of people came. But it was a night. All I, I, yeah, I vaguely remember that it was a nice place, but that's about it. And then people from Canada came. Okay, because Canada's right over there. Yeah, we're like like twenty miles from Canada, so it's it's not that far. So, did we we met on the fridge list, right? You were on the fridge list, right? Yes, sir. So, do you know what that is, Chris? Uh, wasn't that one of those like um, it was like the I don't want to say pre-internet because that's not what it was, but kind of pre like chat rooms and websites and stuff. Like it was some I feel like. You and Eric were on it all the time when we lived together in on Richmond. We were, <laughs> and I was just like, "What is what is this tomfoolery?" <laughs> so basically, a bunch of people got to get they were on a mailing list, and whenever you responded to the mailing list, everyone got the email. So that's how it was like a message board that got delivered to you, kind of type thing. Yeah, back in the the early internet. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so before that- the internet started sucking. <laughs> I mean, that, that just kind of sucked too sometimes but before it, the internet really sucked it definitely did suck sometimes <laughs> there yeah. was a lot of uh fighting and heartbreaking and crap on there <laughs> yeah <laughs> so it was interesting yeah. back in the day so um all right so let's see where, where do i want to start so how did you kind of get into like undergroundish music and stuff. Let's mm-hmm. start there. Yeah, let's see. Um, pretty much high school, I want to say, because um, so I, I was I was into metal, mm-hmm. and then when I got to high school, um, there were like three people who hit me to hardcore and punk, and then I did also get more into underground metal too. Mm-hmm. Um, but but uh, yeah, there was three people at Blair that hit me to hardcore punk. Uh, Brian Lesevsky, who passed away, and Joy Cooney and Evelyn Sempos. And I I I had known Joy since fourth grade, and I met Brian and Evelyn at at Blair. And uh, like Brian saw I was into metal, and he's like, "Oh, check this out." So then he's like, you know, uh, hipping me to 
you know, I'm from I'm from Maryland, so right next to, I'm from right next to DC. I'm from the town over. Mm-hmm. So it was basically pretty much all DC stuff, Shudder to Think and Nation mm-hmm. of Ulysses, Swizz. Mm-hmm. This is like this was like around ninety two. So this was like I remember and I didn't really go to shows back then, but I remember one day he come uh, Brian came into class. He's like, "Oh, Swizz broke up," you know. So it was like around that time, mm-hmm. side and stuff like that. Yeah. And uh, Joy and Evelyn hit me to Bikini Kill and mm-hmm. Tiger Trap and a whole bunch of stuff like. Um, and that was really how it happened. And in in Silver Spring, there was a record store called Vinyl Link. Mm-hmm. So it was right there. Yeah. So you could go there and buy records. So I would I would go there and buy records and uh zines and stuff like that mm-hmm. and i started going to shows a little later more like junior year of high school senior year of high school mm-hmm. and um on a regular basis and the shows were mostly in dc there were some that i went to in virginia but uh mostly in dc and so that was just when i met more people also because because before I went to shows, it was just my little group group of people at Blair, you know, like mm-hmm. just and out of a, a high school of twenty three hundred, there was like fewer than twenty metalheads and hardcore people, mm-hmm. like nowhere near, probably not even that many. Um, yeah. Probably if we took all of those people, a total it was less than fifteen. So yeah. Um, but yeah, I met more people once I started going to more shows and stuff. Was that still so pub- you, was that sorry, go on, Congress. I would say so you being from Silver Spring, that's where you're from, right? Silver Spring. Yep. Yep. Did you know Daisy Rooks? No, they were older than me. That group of people were older by a couple of years, and that's a whole nother okay. generation. So no. <laughs> okay. uh, I knew Frank from Stronghold because he went to, to my college, but mm-hmm. barely. Like, like we talked a couple of times. And so like the whole, like, like all the beehive people, they were all older. I didn't know them. The the couple of people that I knew who were older were like Kevin and Derek Barker and and, uh, Nick Pimentel, because he he went to um, my college also. Mm -hmm. Uh, But yeah, that generally speaking, that group was a whole nother generation that was older than me. Yeah, I don't know a whole bunch of people. You know, I, I haven't I haven't had any communication with Daisy Rooks in probably thirty three years or something. Yeah, but when I was doing zines, I knew her through that. But like okay. some of the DC people that I knew were um, Cesar, whose last name I can't remember, and Kate Cohen, and uh, some other people like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I didn't know any of them. Yeah, like Cesar was like. Uh, it was like a Peruvian skinhead dude. He hung out with like Worlds Collide and stuff. Yeah, again, I, proud. So Mike McTurnan, I knew because um, you know I was way into Damnation, and Mike was and is a great guy. Yeah, yeah. And he humored me to like let me interview him, and you know I would talk to him at shows and stuff. So yeah. like him, I I knew, but like pretty much almost everybody else that was older. Um, I didn't know at all or, you know, either at all or very well. And there were a couple of random people who were older who years later, like I hung out with Tony Joy like once or something, you know, 
And that was even, that was probably like more like early 2000s or something like that. Um, yeah. So you were, you were getting into things at the tail end of like gut instinct, initial reaction, like those bands. So like, yeah. So like when I was in high school, um, cause I knew of gut instinct, but never really got into them. But next step up was like, yeah, yeah. I'm like, that was like the man. next step. Yeah. That was the next level. And they were, I mean, and it was funny because, um, so I mean, I, I listened to them a little bit, but I was never super into that stuff because I'm more of a wimpy dude. Um, <laughs> and now I'm like, I, it's so funny because, so like I was saying, like Damnation, to me, Damnation is like possibly one of the greatest bands of all time and certainly... I, I would say probably the greatest, one of the greatest bands, certainly to come from Maryland for sure. Mm-hmm. And I, I back that fully. Yeah. I, and one sure of the things, does as well. I do. <laughs> one of the things I, I came to understand thinking about it from a more musical level was just how like the Maryland sound is so blues oriented. Mm-hmm. And once and then that's kind of what led me back to all like really digging next step up because of how groovy it is mm-hmm. and how bluesy it is. And like I like to tell, I like to say sometimes to people, I'm like, Lungfish and Next Step Up are just like two sides of the same coin mm-hmm. because of all the blues in it. Or if you know, you listen to Tony Joy's bands. I mean, it's so bluesy, it hurts. Well, it doesn't hurt, it's really great, but <laughs> um but that's 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 a big chunk of of the Maryland influence, and some of that is the doom metal influence, mm-hmm. um, you know, Sabbath and things like that, yeah, of, of stuff. But that's it's just the flavor of Maryland for sure. So when you said you interviewed Mike, like, did you have a fanzine back then? So I tried to have one. I never, um, I never actually put anything out. And so somewhere there's an interview somewhere, I assume, in my dad's basement, there may be a tape with my interview with him on it somewhere of like 16-year-old me asking him about straight edge and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I have some of those tapes of, because uh, I had a fanzine and like the at the issue, like I, do I, put out five, I put out six issues or seven issues or something. But the issue after the last issue, like I have all the stuff for it somewhere. Yeah, I, I never, I never finished it. Maybe one day we'll just dig it out of a crate or something and <laughs> finish well, my fancy from nineteen ninety six. Yeah, <laughs> you know, a hundred years later. Yeah, yeah. So, um, what was what college did you go to again? I went to AU American University. Uh, with all those other people from American University that we that we all knew back then. Yeah, yeah. We <laughs> well, had uh, a what contingent. Year you, what year? What year did you graduate? Ninety nine. Okay, because my sister works at AU. Okay, I don't think she worked there then. Okay, got it. Yeah, I, I when I graduated, I pretty much was gone. Like, I think I might have come back on campus once in a blue moon to go to the music library and listen to records or something random like that. But mm-hmm. I was basically out of there. 
you know, there was like a concentration of like straight edge list kids who went to American. I think I remember seeing yeah. American in the email addresses and there was like a bunch of people from American, some of which, <laughs> some of which I still keep in touch with today. So I ran it. I ran that thing for a while too. Oh, did you? Yeah. Um, and yeah, we had a, definitely there was a, uh, I mean, there were at least three or four of us that were on that thing yeah. and, and Cad and Nisha. Yeah. And, possibly a couple other people and we usually tell people about it when they got to AU yeah. like with whether they were going to get on board or not it's a different story but yeah it, it was like a crew yeah. <laughs> internet crew yeah so um so okay so this is like the mid the mid 90s you were in were you in some bands or one band or how many or what kind of um bands so were you back in? I was in I was in two in the 90s, in the like mid to late 90s. So mm -hmm. the first one was called Serenity Fall. Mm -hmm. And it kind of, it started off more of a new school type sound. Mm -hmm. um, and it was me and, 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 one, and a guy from AU, this guy Jacob, and a couple other folks. And then it got, it became... Like more, I don't even know how to describe what it was like. Kind of, the guitarist heard one eye God prophecy and was like, "Whoa!" So like that was kind of what happened. And so, yeah. Um, but we hardly played any shows. We might have played three or four shows. That we put out. We were on a compilation seven inch, and mm -hmm. we recorded a demo, but never put it out. And then amalgamation is the one I'm been I'm more known for. Mm -hmm. uh, and we did that. I was like 96 to 98, maybe. Mm -hmm. um, and that was with Jacob also. So me and Jacob and um, uh, uh, some other folks, my my friend Pat, Pat Vogel, who I'm still really tight I remember, with. I remember Pat Vogel. Yeah, he was. Yeah, I remember that name, too, for some reason. I don't know why I would. He's in a million bands, too. He's in a lot of bands. Mm -hmm. um, but Pat was the he was one of the original guitar players. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, I'm not trying to, well, anyway, the original lineup, it was, yeah, it was me, Jacob, Matt Safer, mm -hmm. uh, Pat Vogel, uh, Chris Chang, who I went to high school with and Andrew Black was the first drummer. Mm -hmm. and, okay. and then I think we had about two lineup changes while mm -hmm. the band was going and, and we kind of just petered out. And so then after that, I didn't do any bands while uh, you know the rest of college and once i graduated i did a, a band that wasn't really a hardcore band at all um yeah i did a band that wasn't really a hardcore band at all um and yeah kind of went from there so amalgamation how much stuff did they did the amalgamation but i know there was that split but was there other stuff we did a demo a split lp mm -hmm. um a split seven inch. Uh, we had a compilation, two comp, well, three compilation appearances, but like um, one of those I never even got copies of and lost, you know, the song is lost to the world or whatever. Mm -hmm. um, uh, yeah, we did that. So we, the demo and the split LP is the original lineup. Mm -hmm. And then uh, I think the compilation, uh, World Hardcore Volume 4 was like, lineup started shifting a little mm -hmm. and i think the final lineup did the split with jerome's dream yeah 
So the split with Jerome's dream was like the final lineup and kind of the split with Jerome's dream is sort of what everybody knows. Cause every, you know, more people know Jerome's dream. And sometimes I joke that we're the band from the split with Jerome's dream. <laughs> Isn't Jerome's dream like doing stuff now? Is that, yeah, is they that got thing? back together and everything. Yeah. Uh, Nick isn't, isn't in it. I don't think anymore, or he can't tour or whatever, but, mm. but yeah. Cause I think Jeff and Eric, I think they live on the West coast. Yeah. For some reason, I thought that like when I was thinking of Jerome Dream, like because everything was kind of a blur back then. I was like, I was like, were you in that band? But then I figured it out, and you were in you were in the other band. <laughs> so. Yeah, it would have been awesome. Man, they're so good. It's funny too because I so I drove them on tour mm -hmm. in the summer of '99 because mm -hmm. I had a minivan, yeah. and I, I I actually asked them if I could play with them mm -hmm. on tour, yeah. and they were like, no. And I think by about three or four shows in, I understood fully why that that they didn't need anything. They were perfect just the way they were. <laughs> yeah. They were from, like, Connecticut, right? They were from Connecticut. Um, I know Jeff grew up in Waterbury, I want to say, but they were from um, near uh, New Haven, like North Brantford or something. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, what kind of, so, so describe amalgamation. Uh, I mean, it was, it, you know, everyone says screamo. I don't like that term. I'm old. I don't, you know. Yeah. So we were an emo hardcore band, you know, we we're an emotional hardcore band. Um, so, I mean, I wrote a lot of the songs, but Matt wrote some of them, too. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, like the influences, I mean, the influences, they were a little varied. You know, it wasn't just emo bands, but like Frail and Ass Factor 4 were yeah. certainly big ones for me. I was say, like, the, the little bit, like, I listened to uh, some of it to prep for this, and I could definitely hear, like, Frail and Inkwell and bands like that. Like, you were, like, in that, yes. in that vein. Yeah, Inkwell um, probably was, like, not on purpose. But, yeah, yeah, I loved Inkwell. And, um yeah, Inkwall was fantastic. Yeah, they really were. And Frail was like, I mean, Frail was very important because they were kind of the straight edge band for uh, people who maybe weren't as kind of aggressive, maybe is is yeah. the word that I would uh, use. Straight edge band for glasses and sweater vests. Yeah, yeah. You know, just like the whole, it's not as machismo, maybe. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. So they were so they were incredibly important <clears throat> to me, yeah. and um, yeah, and so those were I mean those were the primary. But there's also like battery and mouthpiece in there too, randomly and stuff. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so we had I don't know like I I'm not sure why that band really happened. It's just like I mean I am a musician. Uh, our other band broke up and we just wanted to do something else. And we didn't have a real thing, you know, like the thing was to do the band. Um, the, the, the DC area um, was not the most hospitable place to have a band like that. Really. Um, you know, there were, it was not a scene of, of emo actually really any emo i would say almost uh but like that type of band at all yeah. anna sarka had broken up sarka and 
yeah, I mean, there really just wasn't, I mean, you know, the the music of, it's just more dominant. I mean, Damnation was like the weird band, mm-hmm. really. But no one, you know, and I don't think anybody really necessarily quite realized how weird they were or how genius, how much of a genius Ken Olden is. Mm-hmm. Um, but like almost everything else was fairly straightforward. I guess like battery's not really straightforward either because all those guitar solos and shit. But you, but you, you get my general, my yeah, general yeah, drift. Yeah. My general drift is like, and it's not like no one liked this. It's just that, you know, we weren't like the thing or anything like that, you know? Yeah, for some reason, like I think, like in my back then, I thought there was like a ton of those types of bands from like everywhere, but I guess not. So. No, definitely not. I well, feel like, say, they like were... bands like Frail and like that. Yeah, I guess Buffalo didn't have any of those bands. So see, I I thought that Hourglass was that band, but they didn't quite figure it out. I felt like yeah, every scene had one band, whether anyone paid attention to it or not. Yeah. Definitely. And, and like you said, I thought the Buffaloes was hourglass. Yeah, I could see that. Um, and it's like I, you know, later on I retract. I, you know, I traveled a little more. I sort of feel like I know when I went, when when I linked up with Jerome's Dream, mm-hmm. there weren't a lot of bands up there either. But like I was like, wow, you guys have it way better than us. So <laughs> uh, maybe the Midwest too. But uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I feel like I think a lot, lot of that stuff is there. now. See, I feel like that a lot of that stuff now is categorized as Midwest emo. So that kind of makes sense, unless I'm I misunderstanding. They, I think Midwest they took emo. this whole screamo thing, and I mean, let them have it. You know, that's cool, but I just, <laughs> I just, I don't know. That's they. That's what they call it, or whatever. If for some reason that like I thought like like when I went I went to Morta Music like ninety five and I feel like every band was like that right like every band was so I thought like every band was a screamo band like back in like nineteen ninety five <laughs> for some reason and like Canada had a bunch of those bands too like it was a bunch of like those type yeah. of bands like in Canada and like those were like the other bands because there was like the regular hardcore kids and then there was kids you know who like well, Can- that type of stuff in Canada had some of the best ones so. yeah they did yeah. <laughs> There's a lot of that shit in Canada. Well, Canada was a whole different thing compared to like Buffalo. It was like I a bet. whole. It, we could we could do a whole episode about that, Chris, about the Buffalo, like Canada, like the difference like, Canada, and Buffalo, and the connection <laughs> and the differences. Exactly. Yeah. We'll, we'll tackle that next year. Just kidding. <laughs> <But> anyway, <laughs> cool. Uh, all right. So after um, so when you when you got out of college, where did you go? Hmm. Nowhere. Um, Stay in DC or in Maryland? I did actually. I'm trying to keep the chronology right because I can't. I don't remember. I know I lived at home, and then I moved to Leesburg, Virginia, which was like not. It was far enough away, but not so far. I was still doing stuff. Mm-hmm. I was still in the in the scene. Um. And then ended up back home again, and then finally bailed and and moved to Providence. That was in two thousand three, though. So like when I got out of school in ninety nine, mm-hmm. um, I had started this band Thought Stream. Well, started this band Thought Streams with my friend Alex, mm-hmm. which was, it was more of like a progressive, um, progressive metal band. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I was just working uh, different random jobs or whatever. 
Um, and then I had a couple other hardcore bands before I kind of like stopped dealing with hardcore. I had a band, uh, another band with Pat. We had a straight edge band called Pay the Price. Mm-hmm. And I had a um, this band called Loom of Maya mm-hmm. uh, with a couple of friends of mine. And it was, that one's a hard to describe band, but it was kind of a, I don't know, it was sort of like, a heavier still life with some fast parts or something. I don't know. Really hard to describe, but um, you know, I did a, I did some you know some bands here or there, but like I definitely my activity had, like amalgamation was the peak of my musical activity in the hardcore scene. I'd say uh, I think after after school I did travel a little bit because mm-hmm. I did that tour. I drove Jerome's Dream around. Mm-hmm. Thought streams towards some, um, mm-hmm. and I actually, I I first came to Boston in two thousand, mm-hmm. and then I would come up here because that's where I live now. Yeah, I would come up here like maybe, you know, four or five times a year and just hang out up here or whatever. Mm-hmm. So why you moved to Providence, Rhode Island? Uh, I wanted to leave DC because I was bored. Um, yeah. Thought streams had broken up. I just was not feeling very like the DCC and I hadn't like I do a lot of event guard music now, but I hadn't really broken into that yet. Um, And I just felt really stagnated and bored. Um, And I decided to go somewhere that to me seemed weird and interesting and different where I didn't know a lot of people, but I didn't know no one either. Yeah. Um, now, it is what it is, as they say. I kind of hate that phrase, but yeah, this was not the wisest decision. As the economy of Providence, Rhode Island, is terrible. Yeah, um, but it was fun. I mean, I, some terrible things happened while I was there too. Some fairly shitty things, but like, but it was it was fun though. And it's a the people there by and large are really cool, and it's a nice place in terms of. You make one friend and you make 20. It's a very small, kind of tight-knit, close sort of place. So what kind of, so once you went to Providence, what kind of music were you seeing or doing once you were in Providence? Yeah, so I was still, like, I wasn't really in the hardcore scene anymore. I was going to, but I was going, like, there was a place called The Living Room. Mm-hmm. And AS220 had some shows. So, like, actually, isn't... I'm trying to think is skinless from around where you guys live. I, I forget, but I saw them once um, at AS220. They might, they might know. They're not from as far up. They're maybe not. Um, but like, I would go like that band, Daughters. I would go see them a lot. I, I played on one of their records, and um, and then I didn't really see. I saw Lightning Bolt a little bit, but like. Providence just is a weird, has all these weird bands. There was this band Necronomatron that I really liked that was yeah. like guitar and drum. Um, and so just like, just like kind of bizarre stuff. And then I was going to Boston um, to see music up there. And I started playing, playing in Boston, mm-hmm. playing like free jazz and stuff. Um, and that was part of why I moved was because I was going up there all the time and ko dot was based out of boston also i joined ko dot pretty much after i moved to providence 
Mm-hmm. So I was constantly driving to Providence, uh, to uh, Boston from Providence, mm-hmm. which was very expensive. Yeah. Um, you know, it's not a long trip, but it adds up. And so, you know, especially I was making, not, you know, peanuts. So it was, yeah. it was really adding up and hurting my, my wallet, so to speak. So, so what did you do in Dot? I played trumpet, uh, rhythm guitar a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. Did I play anything else? Well, towards the end, I was playing. I had a four track, and I I played the four track. Yeah. Um, but mainly, I played trumpet. I did some vocals too, but I mainly played trumpet and uh, some other brass instruments. Mm-hmm. So how? So you said you're you're more into like playing avant garde music now. How does how does one make the leap from like hardcore into that? Um, I mean, it's all it. So the the way I tell people when I talk about it is that, you know, when I was even back when I was 14, mm-hmm. I got into Napalm Death and, and that was kind of the key, not to literally all music, but like the key to a lot of music because just the the sheer you know, like Napalm Death taking what you think music is supposed to be and just kind of shattering it utterly. Mm-hmm. So like from that, you can go anywhere. Yeah. Um, and I think that, you know, from all of these things, I didn't have uh, necessarily a thoughts about the limitations of sound. It's just more like, what can you do? What are you capable of doing? Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, on the one hand, like, kind of like the area of free jazz and free improvising music. Mm -hmm. Um, There's a lot less bullshit than hardcore because it's really, it's mostly about music and not very much else Mm -hmm. overall. But the thing that does, the thing that does relate to it overall, obviously we know that, you know, not everyone is like whatever, but is it just like a general sense of like purpose or integrity? You know, like you're doing something because you believe in it. Mm-hmm. You're doing something because you care about it. You care about the community that you're a part of, all of that. So all of that was really similar. You know, subcultures tend to operate maybe not literally the same way, but in certain similar fashions. So I understood a lot of those things. But it was also, it's nice to not be like, oh, is there going to be a fight? Uh, you know, you know, there's there's none of that. Yeah, I wonder if there's ever been a fight at a show like that, like ever. <laughs> I mean, I would, I would maybe when the music was more in bars and things. Yeah. You know? So you're kind of playing like kind of like art spaces and stuff like that, and like weird spaces. Yes. Um, although in Boston, because of how expensive it is here, there's almost no spaces. But yes, like it's it's more more that type of stuff versus like a basement. Although that happens on on a rare rare yeah. occasion. Yeah, I was up. When was I up in Boston? I was up in Boston like April of twenty two. Okay. Yeah, I went to go. I went. I, I decided that. I wanted to go see Chamberlain four times, so I did it. Oh wow! <laughs> so I, I was—I think they played at the Middle East. Okay. Yep. Mm-hmm. I think it was like I don't know if it was upstairs or downstairs. It was in the smaller space of that. That's place. the upstairs. Yeah. 
So I saw I saw that there. I was like there for like a few hours, and then I because I got a hotel like somewhere south of there, and then I got the hotel, went there, and then came back, and then yeah. I went back down. So yeah, I had been to Boston forever. Like at that point, like I last time I was in Boston was like ninety five ish, I think. Oh wow! Because I went to I think I saw. Mandela Strike Force play in oh, Boston wow. back then. <laughs> it's a long ass time ago. But anyway, oh, um, let's see. So, do you have like music that you put out as the, the, like what you're doing now? Like, is there like. Yeah, for sure. For sure. So, I have a Bandcamp page. And so, a lot of stuff ends up there. Mm-hmm. That's just ForbesGram.bandcamp.com. Yeah. And I- sort of have a record label but it's not super active and so i've put out some cds on that too i've done like a solo album and a couple duo records and yeah stuff so yeah stuff comes out and people ask me to do stuff and occasionally i manage to complete the projects for them and yeah so is that like a a thriving scene you would say like the the you know what would you call it like an avant-garde scene or noise scene or what would you call it I, I mean, I would describe it as more as avant garde, but like it, it kind of there's an overlap. There's certain overlaps. It's kind of like I mean, it's, it, 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 that's the one thing where I would, if I would compare, compare it to hardcore, it's like, you know, there's there's these different groupings, and then there's the overlaps between them. Either of those few people who like everything, mm-hmm. and they're kind of the glue of everybody, or the people who play in every type of thing. Yeah. Um, and so there's some similarities of that mm-hmm. with with this stuff where there's the free jazz people or the free improv people or the noise people or the more straight ahead jazz people or um in even some of the classical people and they all you know and there's a couple you know there's some people who dabble in three of those or whatever and uh knit it together and then some who kind of do their one thing or two things um it, up here, it's a tiny scene, um, kind of dominated by the actual players more than anything. Um, mm-hmm. And up here, we have a number of music schools as well, so we draw people to go to music school. And and um, you know, that scene has become that scene somewhat tends to be its own because uh, for a variety of reasons. Uh, and then the other thing is like a lot of people, you know, they come to go to Berkeley or New England Conservatory or the two bigger ones. Mm-hmm. They come, but they move away, you know, like Boston is expensive. Yeah. And Boston is not like where you make a quote unquote music career. So a lot of people move to uh, New York City, uh, which is costs around the same. Even I mean, your apartments in Boston are bigger than the New York apartments, yeah. but but the, your rent is gonna is around the same amount of money. I mean, isn't Godsmack from Boston? Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> well, who's, who's from? Oh, Stained is from Western Mass. Are they? Yeah, Stained. <laughs> yeah, those great those great Boston bands <laughs> like Slapshot, Godsmack. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like the tops of bands yeah um i'm trying to think of something have you ever have you there's this well there's this group called cages from here that it's like it's i don't know if you've ever listened to them but it's like no, uh, i've never heard of them cages was there was this um 
lady I used to work with named Nola, who like she has like five albums of like it's something that might be up your alley. It's like she okay. she like plays with a lot of different things. Like she um just like she just did a show here in Buffalo where she like it was like her vocalizing and there was at least like fifteen or was not maybe I'm overestimating like at least ten different like instrumentalists playing with her, which was kind of cool. I'll try to find something and send it to okay. you to see if yeah. you, yeah, you want to check it out. She just put something out. She like lives not in Buffalo anymore, but it's it might be something that's up your alley and maybe you know something you guys can you know you know check it out you know Word. something like that. Um, let's see, let's see where we're gonna go here. Where are we gonna go <laughs> next, Chris? You know, I don't fa- know. You famous, tell me. Like, where are we going? My famous last words. So, okay, so. We can cut this out if if we don't need it. Are you are you still straight edge? Oh yep. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still vegan and I'm still straight edge. That's awesome. Yeah. So okay, so I know a lot of people. Well, we we don't usually go in this direction, but like, I mean, for me, like still being a straight edge, it's just because it's what I do. But like, like, are you? Would you call yourself actively straight edge, or are you just yes. straight edge because good? I like that. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, some people just just the way they are, and they're like, "Well, you know, I don't know any other way." But like, are you know? That's true too. But no, I am. I mean, and I'd say this thing is like, I'm not necessarily a hardcore person anymore. But yeah, I'm very much a vegan, straight edge person, and I'm very much that for a reason. Yeah, you know, especially the vegan part, but even the straight edge part. Yeah, yeah. Well, good. I'm I'm excited about that because we we don't really get into that much in this podcast, but uh, I'm because I hate to ask that question because you're gonna freaking ask a guy a question. He'd be like, "Nah, man, I sold that like five years ago." So. Yeah, you I don't you, you don't always want to know the answer. Like you just kind of <laughs> want to live with the lie you tell yourself or <laughs> believe it as like a we, truth. We pray, you know, just like yeah. right. Like I mean, although it doesn't matter all the time, yeah. I, you know, you say that, but it does. <laughs> and and I want to ask it all the time, but you know, like sometimes it might get kind of weird because you will get that person who will be like, "What does it matter?" Well, that's that's probably add to someone who stops being it, but you know, yeah. I mean, it definitely is. There's a few people when that question has been asked, just in interviews that I've read or whatever. Yeah, and the answer is, "What does it matter?" And then the person asking very rarely has a response to that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I mean, I guess. I mean, there's definitely a part of it was like, I thought. I mean, I don't know how much I thought about it, but I thought about it before I decided to do it. Mm-hmm. So having considered it, yeah. uh, I had made my decision. Um, and then you know, beyond that, um. I don't know, like there's a variety of other reasons. I don't, I wouldn't necessarily say there's, at least as far as the straightest part, I don't know if it's that political per se. It's probably more of a personal matter. Um, mm-hmm. uh, I, I, you know, it's funny because I talk to my dad about it sometimes randomly. Mm-hmm. And one of the things I say is, I, so I have three kids. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I'm like, like a single part-time parent or whatever. So it's Mm. like they're not around all the time. Yeah. But, um, but I sort of think about it as like, if my kids need me, the last thing I want to do is be drunk somewhere. 
yeah hide somewhere and can't can't and can't make the call because I'm incapacitated. So yeah. like that's not the reason, but it's 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 certainly one of the many reasons. Yeah, I like um and we don't have to talk about this, Chris, do we? But like I think the reason I always <laughs> Even though we all are, because we have it's me and Chris, and like we have two other people who are on sometimes, and we're all straight edge, we're all old, I guess. But like on that same point, that's like I've always wanted to like not have excuses for things that I do, and that's kind of one of the reasons. Like I, you know, I I guess I always was, but the reason why I keep doing it, and you know, I mean, like Chris, like in your mind, like what? Not to make this about us, but like, yeah, yeah. good reason, like like. Give me one thing. I know we do it for a lot of different reasons, but like, you know, what's like a a reason? You know? I mean, like like to your point, responsibility. Mm-hmm. To your point, accountability. Yeah. You know, like those are two strong reasons. It it you know that I am always kind of the against the grain guy when it comes to things. Like I don't I I do have some we'll just say musically mainstream musical interests, but for the most part, I'm very much like our world should be separate and mm-hmm. should not seek acceptance from yeah. the mainstream. Yeah. And to me, and this might upset some people, but to me, not being straight edge is just one more means of being accepted by the mainstream. Yeah. I get that because you can like, you can relate to these people mm. that in in any other sense you have nothing to relate to them with, but you know now you can with that. And I don't, I don't, I don't need that. If I don't relate to you on A, B, and C, I don't need to relate to you on D. Yeah, I hear what you're saying, and well, that's not an admonishment of people who aren't straight edge. Everyone, do your thing. Straight edge is for everyone, but not just anyone. You know, yeah. so like, do your thing. I'm just saying for me. Yeah. Or it's like one thing I think about is like, why did we get into hardcore punk? And there's a lot of reasons, but I know one of the ones I always talk about is like, cause there's, cause there's uh, all these things that's wrong with society, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and we all knew it. And it's like, with very few exceptions, you know, very few exceptions, you could take pretty much any hardcore punk person. Mm-hmm. Um, no matter what type of music they were into, ideology, whatever, and we all basically agree there's things wrong with society. Mm-hmm. We don't agree what to do about it, mm-hmm. but we agree. Or even necessarily agree with what's wrong. We just know there's something. Something wrong, exactly. Mm-hmm. And so when you say that, that's what comes to my mind is is this sense that yeah, we aren't, we aren't, we don't relate to necessarily everything that's going on because we're not, a, you know, we, we know it's not right. Yeah, mm-hmm. definitely. The other so, random thing is, <laughs> in case my girlfriend listens to this, because <laughs> I was like, I am a that. <laughs> I do have a girlfriend, but, but, you know, I don't ask her to help take care of my kids or anything. So mm-hmm. that's kind of why I described it that way. Yeah. <laughs> so um so you know you being you know 
person of color. I'll, I'll refer to it that way. Yep. <laughs> how, like, how do people, like, you know, friends, family, like, how did they not take it, but how did they, how did they react to your, your, I guess, your taste in music and how it veered off the normal? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so I think here's a funny story. So th was this in, I can't remember if this was in junior high or in high school. It was probably high school, early high school. So I came, I came to school one day, I was wearing a suicidal tendencies t-shirt mm -hmm. and it was this dude, uh, Rodney president was his name. And I, I forget if we knew each other already, but he, he was a brother and, and I shook his hand. And he goes, oh, you know the brother's handshake. So he's like, all right, you fine. <laughs> so um, I think, uh, you know, Silver Spring in some ways was a little bit of a anomaly of America because it was a fairly integrated environment. Mm -hmm. And I wasn't even the only black metal guy at, at Blair, although like, it's not like there were 10 of us, there was like three. Yeah. Um, but I would say at Blair, it kind of didn't, wasn't a really a big deal. I also played in a jazz band and I don't know, I associated with a lot of different people, but I also was an outsider. I was an insider and an outsider. Yeah. Uh, in my family, uh, my mom didn't care at all. And my stepfather didn't care. My stepfather, actually, he's like, play me some of this stuff. And um, <laughs> we'd play chess and I played him like suffocation and stuff like that. And he yeah. politely listened to it. I don't, he was very, very, he's, he's always just been a very pleasant individual. Yeah. Uh, my dad was basically more just like, okay, you're not doing any real weird shit, are you? Um, <laughs> like what? <laughs> I don't know, like sacrificing think, small animals. Yeah, like <laughs> I think once he realized I wasn't doing anything super bizarre, then he kind of was also just it was a very live and let live yeah. kind of thing. And they they all basically kind of were like, whatever, he's just doing his thing. Yeah. And especially because I never the other thing was like I definitely dressed a little more punk, like I wore janitor jackets and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. But like I never had like I never dyed my hair, had a mohawk or, yeah. you know, anything really. I looked fairly boring, um, except for band t-shirts and stuff. And so I stuck, I, I stuck out in some ways and didn't stick out in others. And so yeah. it's kind of like went over a lot of people's heads. And then the other thing was like my family um, was kind of like big and small because my dad uh, he was, you know, he was always trying to bring the family together because he had like numerous brothers and sisters and he was always trying to bring it together, but it never worked out. And so, yeah. you know, we hung out with my cousins here and there, but not a whole lot. I was not. And in my neighborhood even was like. Uh, mo well, OK, so at my my dad's house, it was a mostly white neighborhood. And then there was a couple um, there were a couple, there was like a couple other black kids and a Hispanic kid and we hung out sometimes mm -hmm. and there were almost no other kids. Like it was a weird neighborhood in a weird era where just like, for whatever reason, there were not a lot of kids in the neighborhood. And it, at my mom's neighborhood, it was somewhat similar. Um, but yeah, weirdly, I didn't, it wasn't a big, it was 
not a super big deal. Mm -hmm. I, I would say it definitely did isolate me from people, though, because when I went to college, um, so my high school was really integrated. And it was like the race. It wasn't like even all the races even, but it was, yeah. you know, there was pretty big contingents of everybody. And when I got to AU, like it was a real big difference. Like my high school was maybe 30 percent black or something and my college was 6 percent black. So it was like. Mm -hmm. It was a real big difference. And I didn't really, I hung out with the black people at AU some, but like I mainly hung out with the hardcore people and it kind of like put me into just like not kicking it with a lot of black people for a long time. Yeah. And it was obnoxious. I mean, like I look back and I was like, that was dumb. <laughs> <You know? laughs> but, but again, it, but in, in, but to a certain extent, I mean, and there were some people, different people in those groupings that I liked and everything. But I also, I don't know, like I was just into a lot of stuff that they weren't into. So yeah. it was kind of like, I don't know, I, I, what are we going to talk about? So yeah. Exactly. You got to hang out with the people with the stuff that are into the same stuff you're into. Like, yeah. you know, no matter what, you know, no matter what they are, you know, I think that's just how it's got to be. Yeah. <laughs> I was just thinking about that question. Like my brother, like he, he like... He used to go to like weird shows with me, which I thought was kind of cool. Just, I was just thinking about that. Like, I went to, I went, to, I don't know if you're familiar with like Sister Machine Gun. They're, no. They were in the front industrial band. And like, my brother went and saw them with, saw them with me. And he was always trying to like kind of get into stuff. But like, I don't know. I don't think I had like in my mind I, or in my life I had like any weirdness, but you know, just like I was just like a little different than everyone else, I guess. But yeah. Yeah. But that's, that's cool though. I mean, it was it was fairly there was no like trauma associated with <laughs> with liking what you like yeah. <laughs> but there can be <laughs> yeah, for sure yeah i feel like people make judgments about you when you you like yeah that. and i think and i think a little bit more of that happened to a certain extent in junior high and high school mm -hmm. and not so much later on but yeah. it wasn't it definitely wasn't that with my family or my immediate kind of like community or just whatever yeah 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 so um let's talk favorite bands give me three favorite hardcore bands three mm. no three favorite bands in general let's just do that we don't need they don't need to be hardcore they need to be uh, whatever your, your go-to's huh that's tough um yeah. I might just stick to hardcore, um, right. although that is difficult. Well, Damnation will still be in the list. Uh, so let's just get that out of the way. Mm -hmm. um, and then after that, it's like whoever. Um, <laughs> let's see. Honeywell. Yeah. The Honeywell LP. And then... Um, I guess it would depend mm -hmm. really because um and I mean Honeywell definitely had a message that they were promoting mm -hmm. but I mean you know hardcore without a message is kind of to me is like whatever you know I hear that So <laughs> so I think when I th when I when I kind of bring it back around to that mm -hmm. and I think about like that then you know, 
I might even say frail because of what they were about as a band mm-hmm. and how important that was to me. Um, but you know, weirdly enough, I'd even I'd even say mouthpiece even, you really? know. Mm. And here's and it's not so much that I think the lyrics of mouthpiece are these genius lyrics or anything. It's more um so the story I like to tell is um so mouthpiece reunited probably back in two thousand or something like that. Mm-hmm. And they played in DC and um without getting into all the details, actually I'll leave out a bunch of stuff because it's not important to this yeah. story. And this is a little bit of an old man yells at cloud thing. <laughs> the thing I remember from that show, the sing-alongs were much smaller mm-hmm. than when I saw Mouthpiece back before. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The more people were moshing, which is fine, you know. But when I saw a mouthpiece before, it's like the pylons were way up here, you know, just mm-hmm. everybody. Yeah. And this time it wasn't. And so, and I remember thinking, dang, that's unfortunate because why am I, you know, I'm here for the sing along, you yeah. know, because. Mm-hmm. Because that's, you know, I could mosh to anything. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know. I saw Mouthpiece in D.C. and I want to say 2012. Because, mm-hmm. like, I think it was one of those things. Like, Oh, I didn't know they reunited doing, again. Okay. They, they were doing, like, a string of reunion things. I think it was, like, if they could play with certain bands, they would do it kind of a thing. And it was, like, okay, oh, cool. an opportunity to play with Youth of Today. Okay. And it was much the same. It was like, I was never a Mouthpiece fan, but I understood what Mouthpiece was in the 90s, and it just it wasn't the same at all. Yeah. Yeah, I don't, and I don't know. I mean, I think things always change, of course, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I wasn't around in the 80s, so, you know, who knows? But um, there, was, there definitely is something about that. Mm-hmm. And I remember one time I was in Scranton or something mm-hmm. at one of these fests, and I was miserable. I was having the worst time. Like, um, you know, it was more like like I was selling records and people were making fun of my record collection, you know, mm-hmm. and all this stuff. Yeah. And then one of the bands played Is Anybody There? Mm-hmm. And I just mm-hmm. dropped everything. Yeah. I'm sitting in the back in the other room, <laughs> just being like, fuck this place. Why am I here with all these fucking jagoffs? And someone's do 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 do. And I just was like, stop. Yeah. And I ran. <laughs> I fucking ran all the way from the back up to get in there. Yeah. That's always a great moment when that something like that happens. Like when you hear that cover and you're, or, and you're just like, I gotta go. Yeah, <laughs> that doesn't really happen anymore. <laughs> that doesn't really happen for me anymore. No. <laughs> you know, but it's life. It's part of getting old, and honestly, yeah, it's part of getting old. But like, also, the internet—if a band does it once, you know it. Yeah, it's not a surprise. You, you know, like, like right? It's not a surprise. You know, it's like you don't get many okay. spontaneous things like that anymore. 
-hmm. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. Yeah. So what's the last hardcore-ish <laughs> show you've been to? Oh, my. It was a long time ago. Yeah. I think. Um, so Pat had a band called Sick Fix. Mm -hmm. That was a straight-edge band. Yeah. And I saw them in Cambridge. Mm -hmm. How long are we talking here? My son might, my oldest son might not have even been born. So like 10 years, like a long wow. time, yeah. a long time. Because I'm, I'm trying to jog my brain. I haven't even been to a, a metal show in a really long time either. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I, I'm pretty sure it was Sick, Sick Fix in Cambridge was the last mm -hmm. hardcore show that I went to. Every now and then I tell myself that maybe when I'm home in Maryland that I'll I'm never home long enough to do very much. Mm -hmm. I usually make sure to connect up with Pat. Mm -hmm. um, and then, you know, we also had this pandemic happen. Um, <laughs> and I'm, but I'm always telling myself, oh, I'd like to be home long enough to like make time for other things besides family. Mm -hmm. And I have lately, I've been like, oh man, you know, if I was back in Maryland, you know, if I was back in DC, or I'd, maybe I'd go to a show hang out with Pat or Ambrose or something, but yeah. So did you know damnation? Shout Play out to Ambrose. Ambrose is awesome. Yeah. Ambrose is totally awesome. Did you know damnation played up near you like recently? No, I didn't even know. <laughs> yeah. They play, I think back in October, they played somewhere up there and like near Boston or something. Uh, yeah. I, I, I hadn't the slightest idea. Yeah, shit happens, you know. I know how it is. <laughs> so, okay, so if you got anything else, Chris, are we good? You know, I think that we can go into a damnation sidebar. And uh, what's your what's your favorite damnation record? And if you say no more dreams, which is fine, you have to pick a second one. <laughs> oh, okay. So, what's your favorite that. record that's not no more dreams? I respect that. I respect that. So, um, the first seven inch. Yeah. Really? The one on Lost and Founds? No. Oh, maybe that's that's right. That is the first. So, the one Ken put out. It's like self-titled uh, title records. Hmm. That's a What's really on? good I'm going to have to do a quick search because I'm drawing a blank on this. Poser. It's good. Yeah. Old <laughs> fucking poser, man, it's, all the way. I think it's it's one song each side. And um, yeah, because what the lost and found one was with the drum machine. Did, I forget if the one. So it was just like Ken did all the instruments and Mike just did vocals. Yeah. So this, uh, the, yeah, this and, one's I was... similar. I think this one is similar, and that's a killer. That's a killer record. It's so weird. Um, yeah, I like that one a lot too. Yeah. yeah. Right, let's see what the... did you um. Did, well, I don't. I don't know if you want to answer this, but did you like the reunion record? The what now? The reunion record, the one on Victory. I never listened to that one. I'll be real with you. It's good. Check it out. I, I, I would give it real, another really chance. <laughs> I'll give it another chance for sure. Like I know at the time I was like, mm, but. yeah. I mean, they re-record a bunch of stuff, but I think it's like I think it's really good. But that's that's me. So <laughs> I'm I'm a fan of all things Damnation. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there really is no wrong answer. 
I agree. I mean, it's so the on a pale horse seven inch. That's what you're talking about. Came out in '94. Yeah, has damnation and on a pale horse. That's such a good song on a pale horse. Yeah, that's such a good song. Yeah, that's a great. Oh. I mean, and I. It's funny because so when I go home, I'll like go through all my records and stuff. Um, and I know I must have that. I can't imagine I would have ever sold it, mm-hmm. but I. I I haven't seen it, so I'm like, oh, where is it? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Fair enough. The Hangman was the Lost and Found record with the Hangman and Sleep. I have that record, but don't even. I yeah, I know I have it, but I I don't even think I played it that- as much as the other one. Yeah, that was the first damnation, and I've told the story before. That was the first damnation I heard, and I was just like, "Oh, this is just wannabe integrity." And never paid him any minds. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then they played Buffalo, yeah. And then they played Buffalo, and it was like, well, technically Lockport. And I was just like, "Oh shit!" Like I need to pay attention to this. Yeah. Did you ever listen to Mayday? Oh yeah. Speaking of kind of stuff in that, yeah, cool. Yeah, so back back in like. The early 90s, like 91, 92, 93-ish, I did a couple of zines. And for whatever reason, I had a lot or a reasonable amount of contact with Maryland and Virginia people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, like one of the dudes was uh, Conan Haltrand or something like that. Oh, uh, man. Like yeah, yeah, he has such an interesting name. I have no idea what happened to him. I should like ask some of the people I know now. Yeah, yeah. um, Craig Henry, who was in As It Stands, uh, and he was Vance, who was in Mayday, was in As It Stands. Um, you know, Daisy Rooks, uh, a couple of other people whose names I'm forgetting. So I was always finding out about these Maryland, like these weird Maryland's and Virginia bands. Yeah, is Mayday from there? Yeah, Yeah, from Maryland. Yeah, or Virginia Beach. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. I didn't. I didn't know Um, that. Yeah, I mean they have the Integrity Split, their own seven inch, the Underdark, and then the ten inch Staple Gun. Um. Yeah, so like Askens and uh, Dunamis and Device and like all like all that stuff. I was exposed to through that. Yeah. I was going to sing next step up. Yeah. I was going through like Kelly's got her records. My girlfriend, Kelly's got her records everywhere in this house. Yeah. I I decided to organize them for her and she has an integrity made. Nice. Which one? Cause there's like two versions. I'd have to go look at it, but I was going through her records. Like, cause she didn't have, she has that many hardcore records, but like, that's one of the hardcore records she has, which is kind of crazy. Yeah, it, it made a play Buffalo. Uh, when I lived in Illinois, they played Buffalo. That's why that I'm not saying that's why she has it necessarily, mm. but there's a lot of those splits in Buffalo because I guess they had them with them at the time. Okay, yeah, and uh, those two integrity songs on there are two of the best integrity songs. Oh, yeah, there. they are. I, yeah, yeah, so yeah. good. Yeah, Great. that split is way underrated. Like, that is such a like, yep. amazing split, so underrated. Yeah, it really is. I think at large it is, but I think like around here, people have reverence for it. I think. 
I would say. Yeah, I think in, in, in pockets, but like I'm saying yeah. in the general scene overall. Yeah. Like when people talk about integrity, I mean, there's also two integrity camps. Pre-humanity is the devil and post-humanity is the devil. Mm-hmm. Right. And like post-humanity is the devil, people don't talk about that split at all. Yeah. That's a yeah. good point. Yeah. All right. So have we got anything else, Chris? No, I think I think that's it. All right. So if people want to find you, Forbes, yeah. where, where, where are they looking? Where, where are they going? Uh, ForbesGrahamMusic.com. Cool, cool. Have you got any shows coming up? Yes. Although I don't know when you'll get this out, but... This will probably uh, be out either <laughs> this Sunday or next Sunday. Oh, okay. So, so I'm, pl- I'm playing in Somerville uh you know around here uh on the 16th and i'm playing in new york city on the 17th or brooklyn or something oh we're in new uh, york or we're february in uh was it saint vitus oh really saint vitus who are you playing I've with the saint vitus there. yeah i've never been there i've seen it, it on the internet i've seen all the videos of every band playing <laughs> there. yeah it's kind of the low-key cbs of new york right now like the, the current age cbs low-key yeah yeah um, I'm not the biggest fan of it for hardcore shows, but it's a solid venue. Yeah, yeah. So, so I'm playing there, and then I'm playing in Boston on the 23rd. Okay. And I'm not sure what else. I don't remember random other stuff that's happened. I should actually update my website so that because it has <laughs> none of that listed. Um. Yeah. <laughs> All good. Well, that's cool though. That are you? So, you know, who are you playing with at, at uh, St. Vitus? Oh, there you are. Sumac. Yeah. And uh, Scarcity. Uh-huh. All right. Jerome's Dream is playing there on the 11th. The 11th of February? Yeah, Jerome's Dream. Oh, man. <laughs> That's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> what, a, what a world. I know. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Cool. Well... Thank you, sir, for coming on. This was yeah. fun. Yeah, thank it you. It was fun. good. Cool to catch up. For sure. And chat. And I'm sure I'll see you on the on the internet somewhere. Yeah, at the very least. <laughs> definitely. Definitely. We've got, we've got to cross paths somewhere too. So we'll, we'll figure yeah. that out. Yeah, you know, if you come this way, I, I I mean, I funnily enough, I actually liked Buffalo the times I've been there. So it's yeah. not like I would never go there again. All right, yeah. cool. We'll make yeah. something happen. Cool. Awesome. All right, man. Thanks, y'all, and and salute to everybody for listening. All right, cool. Thank you. All right, thank Thank you. you. All right, peace.